Well, I am honored to have my two guests on in this segment. Both of these individuals are new parents. They also both live with type three spinal muscular atrophy. They were recently featured in a Globe and Mail article earlier this month because the story revealed some of the discrepancies in care and medication access that Canadians endure depending on where they live. Desiree, who joins me on the line, Desiree Parisienne, lives in Saskatoon, and she has been fairly fortunate given her devastating diagnosis, really, but given the fact that she's had support, which we're going to talk to her about, her life is seemingly getting better. Good evening, Desiree. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. First of all, let's start with your diagnosis, uh, type three mm-hmm. spinal muscular atrophy. What exactly is that? Spinal muscular atrophy um, is a genetic disease. And so in order to get it, you have a faulty gene that you would receive from both of your parents. And so the probability of it is actually more common than the average person might think. One in 40 people unknowingly carry the gene that gives or causes SMA. And so in Canada, roughly one in 6,000 people are born with this genetic disease. Wow, that is very high. Now, you're a 41-year-old mother of one in Saskatoon, and you were diagnosed in, when, when were you diagnosed with this condition? I was about, uh, you know, two and a half, three years old is when I was diagnosed. I had fairly normal uh, symptoms. I kept up with the other kids that were my age, but I always had difficulty with climbing stairs and running. And so that's kind of what first prompted my parents to look further into what might be causing that. I see. And so you lived a fairly um, regular life like everybody else and could keep up until a certain time in your life? as the disease, which is a neuromuscular disorder that typically progresses, um, mm-hmm. occurred for you? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so it does progress. And so what happens is that over time, your muscles deteriorate and they break down is what happens. And so you asking the question, if I lived a fairly normal life, my answer would be definitely no. There was nothing normal about my life. When you have something like a genetic disease, like spinal muscular atrophy or SMA, which we call for short, you never know what's going to be around the corner. And so you could be living your life as normal as as you would see normal to be, and then all of a sudden lose the ability to do different things, simple things like, um, in my case, it was one of the first things was climbing the stairs. So climbing the stairs was always hands on the stairs, and then one leg up at a time, you slowly lose the ability to climb stairs, and then you lose the ability to walk, um, and then you require the useful time of a wheelchair. You lose the ability to transfer yourself, so using the washroom facilities or getting in and out of bed, things that people take for granted every day. And it's Uh not just that, it's little things like driving or cooking for my family or baking for my family or... um, you know, things like that, that you, that you really don't think twice about. That's right. Like those just daily activities that we perform, you know, watering the garden or, you know, I mean, I'm opening, closing the doors, locking doors, perhaps um, rushing to get to the phone. Exactly. Brushing your your teeth, brushing your hair, um, simply eating things like eating, 
uh, is something that a lot of people with SMA, that seems to be one of the, the most toughest things to lose. And, you know, you go through that process of grieving every time that you lose something else. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the toughest part is to have to come to terms knowing that your disease is going to progress and that you're not going to be able to slow it down no matter what you do. And so you feel that constant sense of loss and grief like through, throughout your entire life, really. So I'm sure. No, living and in, living, living yeah, with living fear. A, living with fear. And so that's the mm -hmm. big part of it is the fear of the unknown. And what does it look like for me in 5, 10, 15 years down the road? And for me, it was something as simple as wondering how long it would be until I lost ability to hug my husband and my daughter, something mm -hmm. as little as a hug, right? And right. something like that. Things we take fear, for granted. Again, things you take for granted, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And along comes what seems to be a miracle for you in 2017, it was it? Tell me about uh, your miracle. Yeah, so July 19th of 2019 for me, so it's been three and a half years. The miracle was that prior to that, um, at the FDA, so in, in the States, they had approved a drug treatment called Spinraza. And a couple years after that, Canada got approval as well for Spinraza. Now, approval doesn't necessarily mean you automatically get it. It has to go through CADIS, which is our governing agency that either, you know, allows drugs to, to be approved or not approved. And with um, CADIS, they recommended, unfortunately, that people the age of 18 and under would only qualify for the drug. And so being oh. that I was 41, or not 41, 38, I should say, because it was three years mm -hmm. ago, I never thought that I would ever, I never thought I'd ever receive the option in my lifetime to have treatment. Um, luckily for me, like you mentioned, I'm in Saskatchewan, and so each province has the option on whether or not they will approve the drug on a case-by-case -case basis. And, and fortunately and luckily for me, they did approve treatment for me, which was the most miraculous day of my life when I heard the I news that imagine. I would be accessing. Yeah. Yeah, it, because it the cost of that mind. drug, yeah. the cost of that drug is prohibitive. It's $708,000 in the first year of treatment and $340,000 for every year thereafter. And yeah, it, that drug, very, that, that's covered in your province, correct? It's a, yeah, it's through the exceptional drug status in Saskatchewan, correct. Okay, and so tell me what this drug has done for your life in terms of activities of daily living and hugging your husband and daughter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been completely amazing. And so for at that time when I got approved for this for treatment, I was at a crossroads deciding on whether or not I was going to continue driving my van to drive my vehicle mm -hmm. or not. And I got treatment and it was like, like you had said, it was like a miracle because not only did it allow me to continue to drive, but I hadn't been able to open something as simple as my oven door to do baking, which is just a passion of mine. And I hadn't mm -hmm. been able to open that oven door in years and I went and I opened the door and, and it was like nothing and wow I mean for those listening it's like an oven door you know it's it's an oven door mm -hmm. that to me was completely life-changing that was the first step and then I thought I wonder what else 
what else can happen here? And so I ended up going through physiotherapy and I, and I have been working with a physiotherapist. And so just to give you an idea, like I have been in a power chair, you know, since, well, a wheelchair since about the age of 12. So I'm 41, Mm -hmm. like you said, I lost my ability to transfer independently, you know, at age 25 or so. So I fully relied on someone else. And so this past three years, I've gone from being fully dependent to now doing almost absolutely everything on my own, taking my daughter, you know, to different events that she's a part of, to and from school. Um, But the biggest thing for me is I'm able to now roll over independently, sit up on my own again, get to my hands and knees. And the, the biggest thing for me is I can transfer myself going from a sliding board to my bed, which is just, it's been completely, just completely amazing. Completely amazing just to to witness something like this and be a part of something like this that I never expected I'd see. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, people who have disabilities, you know, can have additional expenses, monthly expenses and caregiving and support. Um, but you're one of the very fortunate ones who has had this gene therapy uh, covered. Uh, but that's not the case for everyone. We're going to go to break and joining me on the line is someone else who lives in another part of Canada who has an altogether different story. We are talking about a, a not so rare condition, type three spinal muscular atrophy. Desiree Parisian just joined me, 41 year old mother of one, talked about the life-changing medication that she is able to receive, Spinraza, because she lives in Saskatchewan. Now that's not the same for somebody who lives in Ontario, like Jared, who joins me on the line to share his story about not being able to get access. He lives with the same condition, type three spinal muscular atrophy as a 34 year old new father. He's finding that his disease is progressing and he hasn't even heard back from the government. Good evening, Jared. Thank you so much for joining me on the line. Hi, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. So tell me a little bit about your story um, with this same disease that another Canadian has who's had access to this gene therapy, Spinraza. Tell me what your story has been. So uh, I guess a Coles Notes version of this is I was I was diagnosed at 13 years of age. Um, very tough time in your life to get diagnosed with anything, um, let alone something that is going to affect your ability to um, walk and and I, I guess complete other everyday life tasks uh, to a big degree. Um, I got diagnosed at 13. Um, about three and a half years ago, we found out there was a treatment available, uh, which was Spinraza. Um, I, I did put in a, uh, application for an exceptional access plan when I was, uh, so like I said, about, about three years ago. Um, and I have not heard back anything from the Ontario government on that yet in terms of my, my exceptional access plan. And, uh, yeah, right now there's an age cap on it of 18 years old. So I 
I've almost doubled the age of that. Um, mm. And here we here we are. Here we are having another conversation in the last three years about this drug that I that I would like to get or needed to get and could help my life. And we're still here. So I I am sure. And as a new father, I'm sure you um, you know want to pick up your baby and take him out to the car seat and drive in your van or even move in your manual wheelchair. But all of these activities and, and cleaning, I'm sure, and cooking and, you know, simple activities like taking a shower, opening the door, you know, setting the table, all of these activities working um, would be impacted. And you, you would have been robbed of these. And you, and you have been robbed of these in the past three years because $708,000 for the first year of treatment is prohibitive for anyone. I mean, it's just outrageous. And so as your disease progresses, no one has even, it sounds like, even heard your request. Yeah, you, you, you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and uh, I will just, I'll jump in there for a second and say, like, things that carry my baby and things that drive a car are, are things that, that uh, regardless of the drug, I don't think that I would be able to do. But there are other other things such as as playing with my baby in in the house and feeding my baby and and lifting a spoon to to his mouth and, and being able to hold him on my lap and things like that that um i i have been able to do and he's uh he's nine months today actually um and Aww. i mean in the last four months those have become increasingly difficult because of of how heavy he is and how how mm -hmm. squirmy the baby gets and things like that um and it's it's those are those are big picture things I guess but little picture things like I said are like are like putting us being able to put a spoon to his mouth or to my mouth or um, mm -hmm. being able to to lean over in my in my chair um, which is actually a power chair now because since COVID and, and not being able to really um, do as much as I used to and 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 be able to to let's say go out as much as I used to or, or socialize as much as I used to or, or, or do these kind of physical things that I used to. I, I definitely, my, my abilities have definitely decreased in the last two years since COVID. Mm -hmm. And mm. I put my application in for this drug three and a half years ago. And I, I, I have heard nothing. So I, I, hindsight is kind of a, a, a strange thing, but I, I, I try not to look back on what would have happened if I got approved from the get-go, and, and now we're here, right. right? Because I know that it's a progressive disease, and everything I do is progressive. Um, and so, and, yeah. And it just makes no sense, province to province. The regulators in the different in, in different provinces, you know, reach different conclusions based on the same evidence. You know, we heard from Desiree just recently who's been covered and, and she's been able to gain back some function. And, and certainly that has to have helped her mood and her outlook and her, you know, activities of daily living, but to not even to hear back, it's, it's almost criminal that, you know, that if you lived in a different province, you would have at least heard back, <laughs> um, you yeah, know, and just this waiting and wondering. Incredibly criminal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And also I'm, it's, it's, it's horrific. And, and I'm sure you um, now have to put in place or you will continue to do so, or perhaps you already have 
you know, put in place some additional supports in your home. Some studies suggest $5,000 a month in extra costs uh, per family, which is also, I mean, it, it, it's a big mortgage payment. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think the number that you just threw out is extremely conservative. Um, I agree. I mean, I, 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 we are sorry, myself and Desiree were just featured in an article from the Globe and Mail. And when I went to do the numbers of everything that we have paid in our house to make our house accessible or, or livable and accessible is probably not, not even the right word because it's not fully accessible. It's livable. It's tolerable. Um, the okay. amount of money that we have put out on things such as um, a wheelchair lift and we had to knock out walls and we had to widen doors and we had to change the, the carpet to a hardwood and um, you step outside the house and then we need a vehicle that, that my power chair can get into because I'm, I'm unable to transfer to a, a regular vehicle now. So I need something that I can roll into. Like when I did these numbers, it was, not only was it criminal, but it was depressing. And mm-hmm. I, I put this all together and, and I, I realized very quickly that, that we're at like a hundred or $120,000 of our own money loans mm-hmm. um, that mm. in order to make this, what we are trying to make a relatively, let's call it quote unquote normal life. Um, and we're in this situation. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And and the the big misconception is that there's that this is paid for, and that, and that there's help, and there's not. And so, like, it's just I I I I, I struggle for words because of um, of how little help we get. I I can't even imagine what you're going through, Jared. Jared Whalen, 34 years old, living with type three SMA spinal muscular atrophy. I'm, I wish you the best of luck in getting coverage for Spinraza, which is a gene therapy that is just outrageously priced. Um, and we're going to see more and more of these ultra expensive drugs for rare diseases hit the market, but you know what? They're not going to hit, uh, people's lives. So enjoy your baby. If I I may, if I may, if I may jump in for just a, a real quick second, is that, um, Spinraza is, it's still age capped at, at 18 years old. Um, I'm 34. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I have a, a child. I have a wife. I have, I have now this other half of my life that I really want to live. Um, and it seems very much so that it's, we've, we've crossed a, uh, crossed a threshold where we're at an age where, okay, it's not as important as, as treating the young people. And, like I said, I, I've, I've had this three and a half years in the limbo. I am, I am exhausted. I am mentally drained from, from doing interviews like this at eight o'clock on a Sunday night, my time. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. Um, but I do it not only for me now, and it has become a personal thing, but for, for everybody else. That, that, and, and by everybody else, I think we calculated today, me and Desiree, that there, there might be 20 people in the country that need this. That are, that are adults, and that's that's ridiculous. And the amount of money that might be spent if we break our leg or we fall or, or or something happens and we end up in the hospital for six months, like, we, like how do you how do you draw that comparison? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And it's just it's just such a shame that 
patients and provinces with virtually identical eligibility rules have such different experiences. And you know what? You are so young and you have so much life ahead of you. And I'm hopeful. Desiree was covered at age 41. And I'm going to be hopeful that you're going to be covered at age 34, my friend. So best of luck to you. Thank you. And I, I don't think, I don't know, there's, there's other drugs on the market now that we have started exploring that, um, that seem to have given us a better chance at, at what Spin, Spinraza and the people who be uh, with it are doing. And we're exploring all avenues. And the last thing we want to do is move provinces or move countries or, or whatever. But, but we're, the straws are, are getting less and less every time we draw them, right? And I, I cannot stress enough how um, how time sensitive this issue is. Like the three and a half years that I have been doing these interviews and doing these things, I have lost the ability to take steps on my own. I have lost the ability to roll over in bed. And and to the average human being, those may seem very minuscule, but but to me, those those are very very massive parts of my independence. And I don't know, something's got to change and it, it's not, I haven't seen anything that's, that's happening in that way yet. Well, I certainly hope that somebody that is involved in this in the Ontario government hears this interview and at the very least gets back to you and decides to cover yeah. this spin roster for How you. Do I? How yeah. Do I? Thank you so uh, much for joining Ross, me tonight. Spinraza or any other drug, to be honest. At this point, I will take anything they give me because I don't think that the uh, the harm it does will be will be any less than than me not having it. So, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely get you back and learn. Uh, hopefully, you've got some good news and you return to the show. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 that's that's what I hear from all these. Is hopefully, we got some good news on the next one and. Here we are, like I said, three and a half years later. So, oh, oh it's just terrible. All right. Well, you yeah. take care. Chin up. All right. Thanks, Marie. Right. 